This show is sponsored in part by Fortinet and the FortiGate 40F Firewall, part of the Fortinet Security Fabric for Retail, providing retailers with confidence on their digital transformation journey via industry-leading network, security, and management solutions. Learn more on how Fortinet helps retailers secure their branch, data center, and multi-cloud environments. For more information, go to fortinet.com forward slash retail. That's fortinet.com forward slash retail. You are listening to the Tech Chef Podcast, episode number 15, September 1st, 2020. Off-premise strategy, business continuity. How about a taste test of restaurant technology? Drive through or curbside, mobile apps or AI. It's all on the menu, cooking up for the day. It's a recipe for success. You're in good hands with a tech chef. Make a plan to be your best. Strategize with the tech chef. Well, hello, everybody. Happy Tuesday, and welcome to the first day of September. I don't know about you, but I can't wait for this year to be over with. Let's hope things are looking up in December so we can welcome in the new year like we've never done before. I know you all are with me on that one. A couple of quick announcements. First of all, many of you have heard that FS Tech is going virtual this year, where from October through December, three webinars, each up to 20 minutes, will launch every week and will feature executive interviews, keynote presentations from experts and industry leaders, interviews with restaurant business editors, and innovation forums. For more information, make sure you go sign up and check out fstech.com. Also in October, more specifically October 12th and 13th, the Restaurant Technology Network, along with Mertech, is teaming up to present an exciting two days in an event called Restaurant Next. Attendees will be transported to a simulated restaurant built for the new normal. Explore new operational concepts, tap into contactless technologies, source solutions for safer operations, and hear from the industry's top IT minds. This sounds like it's going to be an amazing experience, and I'm sure that it is going to be an event that you are not going to want to miss. To learn more and to sign up for this conference, please visit events.ensembleiq forward slash restaurant next. That's events.ensembleiq forward slash restaurant next. Next week starts an exciting new series that many of you have asked for and will continue to help keep us safe and provide solutions for guest demands in this COVID world we find ourselves in, probably for this foreseeable future. Stay tuned after the main content of the show, and I will tell you more about it and what I have in store for you. Today, I am proud to bring you a great episode. I have had ready to go for a little while now, and we were just waiting for permission to release it. A little company by the name of CNET decided they wanted the exclusive scoop last week, and that happened last Friday. So we got the green light to release it today. Now, what is all this hype about? Here it comes. I am honored to have two individuals from White Castle that include industry rock star Susan Carol Bozer, who is the VP of Information Technology, as well as Mike Guinan, the VP of Operation Services. Talk about a veteran of the industry. Mike has been with White Castle for more than 34 years. He has worked in many roles since he first started, but in his current position, Mike oversees destination locations, 
real estate, construction, engineering, as well as Leeds company strategies. As far as Susan, I have known her for several years and we have both been involved and worked very closely in the past uh, with groups including the National Restaurant Association's IT Executive Study Group and most recently the Restaurant Technology Network where we both sit on the Board of Governors. She is known for her innovative spirit and earlier this year, she received a Lifetime Achievement Award during Mertech as Hospitality Technology announced its 2020 Top Women in Restaurant Technology Award winners. For those of you who do not know about White Castle, it is a family-owned business based in Columbus, Ohio, that owns and operates more than 400 restaurants in 12 states. The company was founded in Wichita, Kansas in 1921 and is America's first fast food hamburger chain. White Castle recently teamed up with MasterCard to implement technology to begin the movement of a touchless economy. It is happening, people, and White Castle is helping to lead the charge. Sit back and relax and enjoy this discussion with two very talented and ambitious individuals as we dig into what is making the company the success that it has become. Now, I'd like to get into a little bit of the history and the background behind White Castle. I know it has a very rich history. Um, I'm pretty much sure that it's, it's family owned, but maybe one of you can take on this question of, you know, how White Castle got started and uh, wh- kind of how it got to where it is today. Oh, absolutely. We have, we have an awesome history, Skip. We were, we were founded in 1921 by, by Billy Ingram in Wichita, Kansas. We are about to celebrate our 100th birthday next year. And the journey has been just an incredible journey. We are up to roughly 370 restaurants. We have a manufacturing plant. We have a retail side, sell our, sell our products in grocery. We're the first QSR restaurant. And we are also the first QSR to be in grocery as well. We have, we have a ton of history to share. Oh, that's amazing. I didn't realize that it was almost 100 years old. Maybe each of you can take a turn to talk about a little bit about your history and your background as well as your time with White Castle. How long have you been there and how you kind of progressed through the company? It's, that's a very um, funny question because everybody at White Castle has been to White, I've been at White Castle for a very long time. So even though I've been at White Castle for over 26 years, um, that's not abnormal for us. Um, I started off in the systems administration side at White Castle and um, into development um, and um um, obviously, through all the technologies and security um, to take over, and, and we're lucky enough to just have a really um, great both IS and IT team. Um, and you know, being a as Michael mentioned, being a company that has both manufacturing and retail, we have a lot of different customers and a, a lot of different um, needs out there. So it's just a really wonderful technology company to work for. I mean, restaurant company to work for in technology. And Susan, how big is your team over there at White Castle? It's really funny that you <laughs> taught me on a number and I can't really remember. We're under 30 right now. Um, but that, that includes my IT team and my IS team and my support and business and services teams. Maybe, uh, Michael, you can tell me a little bit about uh, how you joined White Castle and your background. Absolutely. It's a story, a story I love to tell. So this, was, this is my first and only job. I started at White Castle when I was 16 years old walked in the door to get a job to um, earn enough money to buy my own car. 
and here I am 36 years later. So I just celebrated 36 years this past April. Um, started out as a team member, worked my way up in the company. Susan talked about our longevity within the company. We are roughly 10,000 team members strong across the, across the company. And our average general manager that runs one castle has 19 years of service with us. So it, it is definitely a company that you come you come whether you come part time or you come for what you think is going to be a short period of time, and many have made a career out of it, sending their you know providing for their families, sending their kids to college, and just truly making a career out of companies. Both of you have pretty impressive tenures for for an organization, especially within the restaurant industry. It's a rare situation, really, to have that longevity. So maybe one of you can talk about. Uh, maybe Carol, you can talk about how that is and, and what makes White Castle different to work for. You know, being a, a family-owned company um, and a company that really has a has a um, long history of being innovative, it's just been a wonderful mix because you have the, the feeling of family, at the same time the feeling of creating things. We don't always have um, our peers' same budgets for things, so we have to be more inventive, and it, and it just really makes for a really great atmosphere um, and on the technology side. On the company side, the fact that we're all together and we've known each other for years, um, you know, you're working for each other as much as you are for your customers, and that really um, speaks to our culture. Skip, I would like to add one, uh, one thing in there, if you don't mind, and that is just really, it is, it is a culture of your opinion counts, and you, and you definitely feel valued. Well, I think the valuation aspect is extremely important to an organization and to the employees working with it, especially in today's day. Everybody has these questions going through their head. Is their job safe? What's going to happen? So much uncertainty and anxiety to have built that culture, I'm sure, is a huge advantage for, for White Castle at this point with their, with their valued employees. Now, you guys have been in the news a lot lately and I, I want to start off, and I don't know who wants to take this question, but talk about Miso Robotics. Uh, you guys came into the news about Flippy, the hamburger hamburger flipper. Yeah. So I know there's a whole initiative behind not just the hamburger flipping, but um, just the whole robotics program in general. Yeah, I'll jump in on, on, the, on the Miso Robotics partnership. So they've been a great partner to work with. And, you know, given a time of such uncertainty, I'm very excited that we continue to focus on on the on this particular project without our strategy map and not put it on hold due to the uncertain times out there right now and just really look at what does our future look like. So our president and CEO is very, very mindful of always looking towards the future and where do we need to be heading. And this robotics project is definitely going to take us in the future. It's an opportunity for us to, uh, we are, our robot is going to be in the fryer area and not on the griddle. And if, if you've ever worked the fryer area in White Castle, it is it is a beast to work because we have a lot of a lot of side items, a lot of great side items, and a lot of sizes of the side items. So the robotics is going to really help us streamline that one um, area in our kitchen, and it's going to help us repurpose that team member, perhaps over to maybe the drive-through window, so that we can help create more memorable moments and improve throughput in the drive-through. So we're very excited about the project. And just thinking about that, I mean, you know, yeah. when, when you're making a burger, you're not making one burger for an individual, you're doing multiple burgers. So, you know, you, you increase that, um, that workload, you know, potentially, you know, times six, you know, if they're having six sliders or whatever that is. Susan, maybe you can talk about maybe some of the technology specific to that relationship. You know, one of the, 
Well, I'll tell you the most exciting one, and I'll tell you the most boring one, and they're both very exciting to me. The, the first one's computer vision. You know, obviously it's a robot, but its ability to um, track things and, and see what it's moving and looking at and making um, decisions about products is really excite- the exciting part of um, getting AI in there. But the more boring part for the audience, but they should be excited about it, is the fact that we have a more, uh, more smart freezer, and they call it a hopper, for portion control and, and, and actually pushing products out towards Flippy. And as we grow that product, it's going to be a, 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 um, an integrated product that's doing projection on what needs to be cooked and working towards um, just more efficiency on the inventory side. If you look at you know restaurants and waste, and there's so much hand portioning, and even though you might have measuring equipment, you know, is it being used? Is it fast enough? And so the idea of being able to get that kind of efficiency out of it is really big. Um, the robot definitely takes that um, very hard to control fryer station and really gives it a lot of peace and a lot of control and a lot of things can go on faster. So that'll really improve stuff for our team members. It used to be that one person can, can run our um, fryers relatively easily because we didn't have a lot of products and now we just have a lot. So it's, it's a, it's a big task and robots definitely can help make that easier for everybody. You guys are very cutting edge always, you know, Susan, that's, <laughs> we met at the national restaurant association, um, it executive study group years ago. And every time you speak about technology, what you guys are doing, it has always blown me away. Cause if you think about all the other people in the room, you know, there's very sizable companies there. Nobody's, nobody's taking it and, and, um, these, these technologies to the level that you have. And that's always impressed me about you and your ambition to take it that far. And I know this is not an overnight project. You guys have been probably working on this forever. And that kind of leads me into the big announcement. The next technology I want to talk to you about, because obviously during COVID we've had to shift things and drive through companies out there have really thrived during this process. Um, due to the fact that they're just able to, to facilitate the guest as needed uh, during the COVID crisis. So I would like to talk to you in depth about your drive-through technology because I know everybody's listening because you got a big announcement to make somewhere here in this conversation. So let's first of all talk about your, your menu board technology that you have in place. Yeah, I'm you know, very excited about it. And, you know, you know in, in some ways, we, you know, our partner, um, MasterCard and um, SoundHound um, are partners of ours. We and we have various um, various partners, Verifone. But we have been working on um, doing national language processing in the drive-through, so that you can pull up and see a dynamic menu board that obviously changes based on you know all the all the attributes that you want it to. At least partially dynamic a menu board. Um, but but really respond to the customer, listen to the customer, take the order for the customer. And it's you're right, it's been a long project. We were also lucky to have uh, MasterCard's a wonderful partner. They had, in the middle of the COVID stuff started, they were worried that we weren't going to be able to continue on. And they did a lot to really help us uh, continue. And I want to give them credit for that at this moment. But go back to the technology part. The other part of the technology that is is the reason why we're doing it is basket analysis in real time so that we can actually make good suggestions to our customers based on um, what we show them on the screen, based on what they just ordered. And then if they're a known customer, someone who's opted into our program, we're going to actually allow them to order, see what they've ordered the last couple of times, you know, use, show that on the screen, let them pick that out. 
and um, just so many different things that we're doing. And then the last part, because it is MasterCard's one of our partners, is at the end of the transaction, we'll say, would you like to pay with the card we have on file? If they say yes, then they're done. So it's going to be, I don't know, It's, it's don't you agree, Michael? It's, it's, gonna, it's a lot of moving parts. It's been a long project. It's got a ways to go, but it's really, it's exciting, and we are announcing it probably the week this podcast comes out. Yeah, this, this is this is an extremely exciting project. Um, the task that it's going to go to the team members are very excited to have the support of the technology in the drive-through, and to Susan's point, to to really be able to focus on uh, basket size and a complete order and provide suggestions and 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 really get the order accuracy down pat is going to be is going to be huge for us. We're excited about it. Wow, that's great. It sounds like there's a ton of different technologies involved through this drive-through initiative. I mean, how many partners do you have going on in the, during this? Pretty much five partners. Um, they, you know, with the lead partner being MasterCard, truly, is the one who organized it, organizes it and helps run it for us. Um, but Michael and I spend a good part of our week, multiple times a week with them, um, different teams working. But you know, SoundHound is doing the national language processing. MasterCard's doing the main software. Um, but there's part, we have license recognition for, for at least our pilots to identify the customer if they want to opt in. And with a company called ReCore, and then as I mentioned before, the company that used to be 3M that's now part of Verifone is working. Even Because even something as simple as getting, for national language processing, you have to have killer, wonderful sound control, right? You have to have the best speakers. You have to, as you know, you know, skip because you're really good at at audio, and um, you know, and and so you have to have strong partners on every piece. So no one company could have done this. Um, we obviously have support from other parts of um, Par for our menu boards, and it's just a it's an amazing team that's been put together, like a super team by Mastercard, and um, it's really it's it's a difficult task, but um, it's exciting. It's exciting for us because in the particular castle that we're going to launch in, um, we have a, a hospitality door that lets our team members get outside and talk to the customers. And it'd be better for us to spend our labor with our customers and our labor at a place where we're not seeing them any way, which is at the menu board. Processing more than 7 million jobs a month for customers in 44 countries, Cobalt Iron delivers modern enterprise-grade data backup for growing businesses. With built-in cybersecurity and ransomware protection, Cobalt Iron's award-winning backup is your last line of defense for saving and protecting your precious data. For more information, visit skipkimple.com forward slash cobalt. That's skipkimple.com forward slash cobalt. Now, you had mentioned to me you're using SoundHound for your as your partner for the uh, voice recognition piece. Is this a completely AI interactive conversation between the guest and your system? Yes, entirely. It's entirely AI. SoundHound is is um, is you know there there are a number of leaders, but SoundHound definitely is, is a leader in this area. And you know it, it's it's both taking the information as the customers saying it and putting it on the menu on the menu for them so they can actually see as an order confirmation. But it's also doing the interfaces to, into our systems to pass the order through to our POS. Um, so it's a it's a very you know, we're in the middle of our lab testing right now, so we still have some time on our hands to get it to to make it feel like it's a human interaction, but it's really coming along. Now, if I'm not mistaken, when you order from White Castle, you have kind of, 
you kind of have your own little language going on. How does the SoundHound system actually accommodate for that? Well, part of it's a learning system. So, you know, after after it's up and going, it will learn. It will, you know, learn. It will realize the things that it hasn't been able to identify as well and, and get better, make suggestions and get better. But but I think the biggest thing is we know our customers, Michael, has been in team from the Chicago area, especially giving us every slang phrase that our customers have ever used. So part of our data exchange with them is to really kind of inform them on all these different ways that we you know, think about our product and talk about our product. And every region we go into will have the same kind of, you know, early learning that you have to train the the AI on. You talked about license plate recognition. Do you plan on moving away from that in the future with some other technology? Because you said that was only just for this pilot. You know, it's not, you know, I'm not, no, I don't know if MasterCard's going to move away from it. I'm going record probably the one anybody to say that anybody's moving away from it because that's their part of it. But for us, we have our own um, our own app, and I would like to be able to use our app as a you know beacon at the drive-through. So when we detect when the app detects someone's there, that that's an alternate way. So we may keep it, but it may be an alternate way for people who don't want to do drivers drivers to be able to use our app instead. So I always want to go alternatives when there's something that um, requires a customer to do more, you know, and since so many. Some of our customers already have our app. You know that would be one way to have people opt in. The big big thing is they'd have to leave location services on or open the app, and that's a little bit cumbersome because people aren't, especially on the iOS platform. Apple's been messaging people all the time if they're leaving location services on to confirm that they still want to keep it on. So it's a little bit less people that have it on all the time. But I am always looking for another way to make it easier for people to not have to have one channel to opt in. So you talk a lot about AI and business intelligence additionally in your in the restaurant space. Where do you think the use of AI is headed? I know pre-COVID, this is a very, very hot topic and a, and a trending technology. Do you think it's still headed in that direction? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, in restaurants, like, you know, computer vision, you and I have talked about this before. Computer vision is amazing to me for the restaurant industry because it's a tool. It's a tool just like a blender. You know, if you have something that's looking at your griddle and it's monitoring the temperatures of everything on there and making sure things don't get ruined, that's amazing, right? Whether or not it ever picks the steak up, you know, it's just that's amazing to me. So, yeah, it's going to keep happening because, you know, we have a lot of waste in our industry, inventory waste. We have a lot of loss. And it's just going to help chip away at some of those things that we aren't doing really well. I think the AI that might have slowed down a little bit is the AI and the data side because it's really easy to cut back on data and analysis when times are tough. And so I think that's where, you know, we're we're still making our, our own internal efforts to really kind of get push in um, to those areas so we don't fall too far behind because that's where the competitive advantage is, just to understand exactly what's happening and respond as fast as you can. Michael, this question's for you. Obviously, we're we're facing unprecedented times. How has COVID shifted the way you think about operations and technology in the restaurant space? Yeah, that, that's a great question, and I think that's on everyone's mind, right? What is what does the future look like as far as restaurants? Will 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 dining and seating you know, resume again at the level we knew it before? And, and if not, what does it look like? And how do you how do you take care of your customers with all the seasons that we're faced with? And and for us. You know, we're, we're really focused on drive-through and throughput, and how do we just make that a great experience for the customer? We knew we know what our traditional drive-through looks like, but what does our drive-through in the future need to look like, and how quickly can we get there, given our current situation? 
and the fact that customers are really, you know, they're changing their behaviors and they're very comfortable with going through drive through So even post-COVID, it doesn't mean customers are going to run back into the, into the restaurants. So for us, our focus is really going to be primarily on throughput in the drive through This project obviously is, is perfect for us given our current situation, but how do we continue to um, improve throughput along with accuracy and creating that memorable moment that our customers have come such accustomed to um, getting at White Castle? You know, our, our yeah. capital, the memories are they're generational. And, and it's, you know, we hear so many stories about, you know, my grandfather, my grandmother, or my mom and dad used to bring me here. So our, our visits are generational, and we want to make sure that we can create those memories through the drive through Yeah, I, I think, what, you know, one of the things that we talk about internally all the time is the more we can make our team members calmer and, you know, they can spend more time less with, under less stress. Um, QSR being a fast industry, we have to go very fast, but ha- you know, a nice, calm, and peaceful environment for them, so they can spend time with our customers, and so they can have a better environment. So, a lot of the innovations that we do, like robotics, doesn't seem like it's for customers, but it is for customers because, you know, our fryer can bottleneck us. Um, we we do drop things to order, so it you know that's different than some of our peers that have everything hot all the time. So because we're in that area, we still want to give a great customer experience and we still want our team members to have the tools they need. And I, I think as an industry, and this is all a restaurant and this is QSR, we've just fallen behind on innovating tools and um, robotics is just another tool. And a smart, a smart freezer should have been invented a long time ago. Actually, you bring up a good point um, with the robotic piece that I forgot to mention earlier, or forgot to ask earlier, I should say, is are you looking to replace humans with the robots or are you just are you, are you just looking to increase efficiency but not necessarily take away that job from somebody yeah i'll, I'll jump in there so i mentioned earlier in this, in this conversation it is really about repurposing labor and we are we are not looking to replace labor we're looking to be able to assist our team members like susan said keep them under the least amount of stress as possible to benefit the customer to create those normal moments and in, improve throughput, but it's really about repurposing labor. When I think of um, the person that works our drive through window, they have four to five jobs to do currently with taking the order, collecting the order, and just everything that happens in between. And if we can take one more body and help them assist that, it's just going to help us create those memorable moments. So it's definitely not about reducing labor. It's just really about repurposing labor. Yeah, and really taking the stress. I mean, I, you know, every every May, obviously not this last May, but every May we all work in the castle um, from from the home office and, and anybody who doesn't work in castle or plants or both. And, you know, I like the position, but it's a stressful position right now in the fryer where, you know, the griddle is who we are. You know, we're white castle. Those are white castles that are on the griddle. Those are sliders. Um, you know, so, so, making it better for them, you know, because we have a choice as a company and you saw a lot of our peers slim down their menus during COVID to try to make things easier. Um, you can go that way or you can make the tools to let your, have the tools to let your team team take care of a very elaborate menu um, without the same, without stress or less stress, I guess. Michael, I'm tossing this question back to you. Uh, what should the industry really be keeping their eye on at this point? I would say for us, I mentioned it earlier, it, it's really about how can you continue to 
provide your customers what they've come to expect from your restaurant. So many restaurants are not going to reopen um, mm-hmm. as, as a result of COVID and the current situation we're in. So I think it's about how do you, what is your restaurant, what is your practice, what are your customers accustomed to, and how do you deliver that obviously differently given our current COVID world. For us, it's a lot about focusing on the drive-through. As I mentioned, how do we how do we improve throughput for customers that are that are not interested in coming in for takeout? And most importantly, how do we still continue to create those memorable moments? But I, I think you really need to step back and look at your restaurant and, and what are your customers accustomed to and how can you continue to deliver on that? And Susan, same question for you from a technology perspective. Uh, what is it that us restaurant technologists really need to keep our eye on? I think the thing we need to keep our eye on, I think we actually have to be a little bit more aggressive than keeping our eye on things right now because I think you know we're an underserved industry when it comes to both AI and um, robotics for sure and equipment for sure and smart equipment. And but keeping our eye on what other people are doing that do have more money than me too. Um, keeping an eye on it used to be that I used to follow retail all the time and see what they were, where they were spending their money and and because they had more budgets than we did. But but now that that that's not the case. So looking outside of ourselves, um, making sure that just because somebody else doesn't see a use case for their product in the industry doesn't mean there isn't a use case because that's how we're going to continue to thrive in this environment. That's awesome advice. Michael, Susan, thank you so much for joining me today. This has been a real treat for the listeners. And uh, I know this has kind of been a mad rush to get this uh, podcast done because we wanted to be in time for this announcement, which I'm excited about for you. This is going to set the the new stage, the new, uh, the new line in the sand in regards to how everybody else really needs to step up their game in order to make their company successful. So thank you again for your time today. While I wasn't the first to be able to break the news, I think this is the first time that you have heard anybody speak about this new technology in a podcast, so I'm going to take that. Very exciting progress in our industry, and White Castle is truly cutting edge in the restaurant technology world. I always love to sit around with Susan at conferences and pick her brain about what she sees coming down the pipeline, as her vision is extraordinary. As mentioned in last week's show, We have teamed up with Fortinet once again to give away a brand new prize package. This time, they are generous enough to offer up a FortiGate 40F firewall plus one-year enterprise protection bundle, and that is valued at over $1,200. Now, where the heck do you sign up for this? How do you win? Very easy. You go to skipkimple.com forward slash contest and start getting your entries in now. We will be giving away this award to a lucky winner and announcing it on our September 29th episode. Just a reminder, if you have a question or a comment, you can leave it at 954-302-0851. Leave me a message or you can go to our website, skipkimple.com. There you're going to find all of the podcast episodes along with the show notes. You can also find me on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, you name it. If you're on social media, I'm in the same spot, so you can find me. Now, next week, we are going to be launching our new four-part mini-series about food safety. We have a wide variety of individuals that we will be speaking to, including products that deal with detecting hand-washing effectiveness, digital line checks, and food temperature monitoring. In addition, how about using your digital cameras to detect for social distancing, 
capacity monitoring, and contact tracing. To start off the series next week, I have Shandy Chernow from Certistar, where we will be talking about food allergy software and how you can keep your guests safe, reduce liability, and create a whole new profit center for your organization. I can't wait to bring this new series to you. So until then, stay safe, stay healthy, and stay hungry, my friends. Oh, 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 oh